High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Amen. Amen. What is up, Movement Conference? It is good to be here tonight. Y'all a rowdy bunch, but it's a good thing to be in the presence of a rowdy bunch because there's nothing better to be rowdy about than the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Can we just start real quickly in one more minute? Can we go for 30 seconds and just give God a big shout, hand clap of praise, give him all, the, all that he's worthy of? He's worthy of all the honor, all the glory, all the praise. No one is better than our God. Amen. And I'll join in with everybody else, and let's honor the leaders of this house and everybody that put it together from the top to the bottom, everybody that we've already honored. Let's honor them one more time. Will you give one more hand clap and shout for them too? Amen. This is really cool. This is incredible what God's doing here at High Praise. And uh, just can't be more excited and honored to be here and get to share with y'all this evening. We brought a group of 20 of our kids uh, from High Praise Crestview. They've already made some noise. So if you see them wearing their orange shirts, just go tell them, hey, talk to them for a minute. Uh, But man, we are glad to be here tonight. And I can't wait to share the word of God with you. Did you come ready to receive something tonight? I'm gonna say it like an old. Like, I'm gonna say it like like Pastor Robert says. Did you come with your expector on? Yeah, we're all expector gadget instead of inspector gadget. We're expector gadget. But anyways, will you open up your Bibles real quickly? We're gonna open up to Second Corinthians five seventeen. Very familiar passage of scripture. But before we read that, I'm going to give you plenty of time to get there because uh, I want to kind of intro this just for a minute if I can. Uh, but, and if you say I can't, I have the mic, so too bad. But uh, so, so the title of our sermon tonight is this. You want to write this down if you're taking notes. It's this. So look at somebody say, press start. The, the, the theme of this conference is level up, and I wanted to start off this conference with a message that had to do with just pressing start and starting some things in your life. Now, many of the youth in this room, y'all don't remember the days of going to Walmart and getting, getting to play video games there in Walmart. Any, anybody know what I'm talking about in this room? Yeah? They used to have, in Walmarts, they had displayed video game systems that you could walk up. Yeah, Malcolm, you know what I'm talking about. You had the, and you could demo video games. And many of you, even now with youth, you don't even go to a store to buy a video game any longer because you can just download it online just like that. You have it. And um, there's this thing that takes place. I can remember, I can remember going to the video game store and back in the 90s, you know, whenever you pull, pulled up a game, uh, once you bought it, you went home, you put it into, well, you may not, for us, we didn't have discs, we had cartridges. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Still not working. I, I can remember, I was actually talking to some of our youth about this. I can remember Madden 2000 on the N64. Anybody know what I'm talking about in this room? Madden 2000 on the N64 had the best graphics known to mankind for that time. 
Uh, but I remember getting that game. And whenever you turned on these video games that you would buy, there's always a first screen prompt that prompts you to take action and do something. And what is the first screen prompt that shows up back now in, in today's video games? It's like press any button because apparently now we just don't understand how to press this button. And so we got to give us the option to press any button now. But it used to be that you had to press a certain button to begin the video game. What did you have to do? Press start. From there, then you could launch into the game and do the whole thing, and you could start your new game that you just bought. And that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight, but I want to bring this to your life and where you are today. And I want us tonight, whether it is starting fresh with Jesus, whether it's starting fresh in our prayer closet, whether it's starting fresh with the anointing and the gifting and the calling that God has on your life, wherever you might fit this in your life tonight, I want you to just hear with the ear of the Spirit, and I want you to press start on some things in your life. Amen? Now, in the culture that we live in today, you know, we're, we're always, whenever things aren't going our way in the way that we want life to happen, in the way that we want life to go, oftentimes what we look for is something new to take place. We're always looking to fill it so we can change our life. So what's the answer to a, a, a life not going the way that you want it to or whatever it may be? The answer is, well, just, just move. You're, you're 18 years old, you're about to graduate, you're graduating high school, college is coming up, and, and, and your answer is, well, I don't like Panama City anymore, and I don't think we have enough to do, and, the, and I, just, I just don't like it here. And so it's not because of academics that you're moving, it's you, you just decide, I need something new, so I'm going to move. And this is the answer that the culture has given to us. And we could say this in many different areas of life. For us, because I, I know we have adults in here too, so let me preach to you too. For us married folks in here, sometimes our spouse gets on our nerves. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Unfortunately though, in the culture that we live in today, the answer to fixing your marriage is getting a new one. Well, just, oh, uh, he, he didn't do the dishes? Divorce him. She didn't have a dinner waiting for you at home? Divorce her. And let's just make something new and find somebody else. The culture's answer is always to just move somewhere, grab something new or something like that. That is the answer that the culture has given to us for newness of life. But that is not the answer of the word of God of newness of life. We have to redefine what normal is whenever we are restarting and starting something new. And so often we have conformed to the image of the culture and what normal is in restart for the culture. And so we do that. I'm feeling really low about myself, so I'm just gonna go post this cryptic image on Instagram with a cryptic title so I can get the dopamine hit so that I can feel new again and feel fresh because people like me and I'm accepted. And what we end up doing is we, we lower ourselves to an identity that is not the identity that Christ has for you and we put labels on ourselves and just accept these things. And, and what we do is this, this is what we do. I'm ahead of myself, but it's okay. This is what we do. We accept what people accept us as is what my identity is. 
And if you don't accept me as what I what, what I what, what as as what I want to be, then I will find somebody else who will accept me for how I want to be. And let me just tell you real quickly, young people, as Christians, that cannot be your answer. Guess what? There is a way to change your life drastically, completely, 180, go the other way, repent, turn, and do new things. But it's only found through newness of life in Christ Jesus. Amen? Because you want to know what the problem is with the culture's answer? Okay, move. You know what the problem is? You're still you. You want, you want to go get a new husband, new wife? Okay. Guess what? You're still you, and you're kind of dumb. <laughs> like, like you, you're making dumb decisions, okay? Like, so the culture gives us that answer, and so whenever we just run with that answer, we can't run from ourselves. There is only one way to get rid of yourself. There is only one way to get rid of your stinky flesh attitude that you have. There is only one way to get rid of the anger, greed, and jealousy that's been birthed within your heart. There is only one way to get rid of the depression and anxiety that has been lording over your life for far too long. There is only one way to get rid of the lust and the sexual perversion that you've been fighting for so long. There is only one way to truly get rid of the alcoholism and drug addiction that you've been fighting for years and years and years. And you know what? You can run to all these different things, but there is a place that you you can go that can change things, but not just change things, help you change things. He gives you grace and he gives you mercy. We're gonna get into this, y'all just stay with me. But the world says the way to a new life is just doing something different in your flesh that will give you great happiness. The problem with this is all of this is based on your feelings. And guess what? Your feelings will lie to you. You cannot be led by your flesh and your feelings. That's why in Jeremiah it says that the heart is deceitful because we shouldn't be led by our heart. We should be led by something greater. I'm going to say that again. You don't need to be led by your heart. You need to be led by something greater. Don't just do what your heart wants to do. Your heart will lead you to places you don't need to go to. Do what the Spirit of God is telling you to do. The Bible says this in Galatians 5.16, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Anybody in kids' church, was anybody in kids' church in, whenever Pastor Chelsea and I did kids' church years ago, we had a scripture for this. We had, we had hand motions and everything. Y'all talking? We said walk in, some of you, some of you youth just need to like memorize this just for a minute. Whenever you're faced with a situation of temptation and issues that have been going on in your life, you're just going to have to stop in the middle of what you're going to go, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then all of a sudden you, oh yeah, that's right. This, what I'm about to go do is not right. And it's leading me to places that my flesh wants to go, but there's a way that the spirit wants to lead you that is greater than that, that will lead not in, listen to this. It will, it will not end in happiness. It will end in joy. Happiness will come and go, but whenever you walk in the Spirit, you will walk in the joy of the Lord because guess what? The joy of the Lord is a fruit of the Spirit. So when you're walking in the Spirit, you have no other choice but to be walking in the Spirit of joy at the same time, and it will be a fruit of the Spirit, and you won't be led by your circumstances, but you'll be led by the Spirit. So it won't just lead in, hap end in happiness. It's going to end in 
joy. Now, how do I develop this new life? There's only one way. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Let's read it together, church. It says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, somebody say all. All things have become new, right? Not some things. All things. You know how much all is? Let me, let me translate it to the Greek and Hebrew for you just for a minute. All means all. <laughs> when you look it up, guess what? All still means all. All things have been made new. Your thought patterns can be made. Don't. Uh, some people go, well, it's just my Enneagram, so that's just how I am. You know what? Bump Enneagram. <laughs> I, listen, I'm not saying that in a way like you better not do Enneagrams. I do Enneagrams. It's interesting. I get it. But I also understand this, that whenever I am washed by the blood of Jesus, I am not my Enneagram. I've been engrafted into a new family, a new bloodline. And so now I accept the identity of Jesus, not the identity of my Enneagram or my whatever test you want to put down that you do. I'm not accepting that as my identity. My identity is found and rooted in Christ Jesus, the one who makes all things new. Listen. New life is found in the death of your flesh. When your flesh dies, the spirit man arises and helps you walk. That's what we talked about just a minute ago. Walk in the spirit. You'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Listen to this. Dead things don't walk, and that's why you won't fulfill those desires. Chew on that just for a second. If you die to flesh, dead things don't walk. So it will be impossible for you to fulfill the flesh because it's already dead and it cannot walk for you. You are now being led by the Spirit of God. You got to begin to die to your flesh. And we hear that and we're like, oh no, die to my flesh. That sounds terrible. You know what? Dying to flesh is not always fun. And it is not always easy to say no to friends who are inviting you to parties that you know you shouldn't be at. Because you know what? It might affect how people view you a little bit. It's not always fun whenever she slides into your DMs or he slides into your DMs and you have to block them <laughs> because they're sending you things that you know you shouldn't be receiving. Because the flesh is loud and it screams and it says, don't do that. But listen to me, I want you to hear me. It is so worth it for your future. It is so worth it for your calling and for your destiny and for your identity to not get wrapped up in those things, but rather to continue to make all, let him make all things new in your life. Now, in saying all of this, I wanna bring it to here now, that Christianity is a religion of conversion, which means making a total change. Everything we say 
And everything we believe is built upon this one fundamental and revolutionary premise. And that is this. You don't have to stay the way you are. Your life can be radically changed by Jesus. Once God enters the picture of your life, your life shouldn't look the same. Things should look different in your life. You should love people a lot deeper and a lot more. Hmm? You should care about people a lot more. You should watch the things that come out of your mouth much more. You should watch the things, you should be careful, should I say it this way? You should be careful of the things that you watch much more. Don't you know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit and God's Spirit lives in you? That's scripture. Don't defile the temple. Don't defile, listen to me. The Bible says, I am fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Don't defile God's beautiful creation and perfect creation. And let me go as far to say this, miraculous creation. I've preached this before and I won't preach it tonight because then I totally changed the message. <laughs> but you are made a miracle. When God creates mankind, it's a miracle. It's a miraculous creation out of the dust. And women, as a man, I will stand up here and say that you are better than us. You were made out of our ribs, which just makes you better because we're dust. We were made from dirt. You were made from prime rib, okay? That's why y'all look better than us. That's why y'all smell better than us. That's why a lot of times y'all think better than us. <laughs> but you think about it, it's miraculous creation that takes place and happens. And then God continues, I don't care what your grandmammy said, what your pappy said, what your auntie said, what your uncle said, what your mom said, what your dad said, what your brother said, what the person at Costco said, or Walmart, or wherever. You only have a Costco here. I don't know where that came from. I don't care if you're down at Sam's or Aldi and somebody doesn't like you or Chick- well, no one's going to say anything cross at you at Chick-fil-A because that's the Lord's place. But I don't care where you are in your life and somebody calls you an accident, a mess up, a, a problem, all these different things and labels that they try to put onto you. Listen, I want you to hear me. You are God's beautiful and wonderful creation made miraculously by the creator, by our king, by Jesus. Listen, you are, you are worth something and you're not here on accident. I believe that today you're here on purpose, but religion, listen, Christianity is, is conversion. Religion is one thing, conversion is something else entirely. Conversion and the revelation of new life is the conviction that long-held prejudice can be overcome, that lifetime habits can be broken. Listen to this, that generational curses can stop with you, and deeply ingrained patterns of sin can be erased from your life. Some of you go, well, I don't know about that. I've been dealing with this, with this addiction for a long time. I've been dealing with uh, this, uh, uh, this, these issues that have been like thorns in my side, and, and I've dealt with them for years, Pastor Mike. I've dealt with them for decades even. Let's talk about somebody real quickly. Can we talk about somebody? Let's talk about a man named Saul. Anybody know who Saul is? I'm not talking about Saul wanting to kill David. I'm talking about Saul who turned to Paul. Right? So when Saul is known as, as this, he was, a, he was a bad dude. 
Like, like he was horrible. <laughs> like he was, he was uh, uh, raised a Jew, trained as a rabbi, and then he becomes a violent persecutor of Christians in the early church. He hated Christ. Listen, I say this, Paul or Saul viewed Christians as the first pandemic. Like it was worse than COVID to him. He was killing people because they had the Christianity in them. Like they got, they got that new thing. And so he goes around and he's killing Christians. He's persecuting them. He's doing all these things. And we know the story, something happens. And in a moment, what happens? Saul is on his way and then he has a moment where he is blinded and then his name changes. It's a guy named Ananias who goes, prays over him, and, and, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's a radical change in his life. And Saul turns to Paul, and now most of the, the, the New Testament, the things that we read often, are written by him. A lot of the things that we live by and principles that we know to be truth of word of God, guess, guess who wrote them? Paul, this man who was killing Christians, killing, murdering people. Don't tell me because you had a few sips of alcohol, you cannot be saved and born again and made new. This man was bad. It's a religion of I mean, it's a relationship of conversion. That's what Christianity is. It was, he was so bad, he was like a terrorist to Christians, basically. And listen, he, he, was, he was, even after his change, there were still people who doubted it. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go somewhere with this, y'all stay with me. There were still people that doubted that he had really changed. So Paul was not in Christ before he was converted, but then, the conversion happened in Galatians chapter one, Galatians chapter one, verse 13 through 16a, it says this, for you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and even tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. Let me stop right here just for one second. I'm gonna say this again, I don't care how far and how zealous you are in sin, there is still place a place, and I believe that this is this place, this weekend is this place that you can have, or this week is that place where you can have that change, where you can have that moment where everything is made new in a moment in the presence of God, amen? It says this, goes on to say, but when God who set me apart from birth, there it is, he set him apart from birth, he set you apart from birth, you, you are made for this moment, and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I may preach him among the Gentiles. What I want to really look at in this scripture just for one more minute is this, I want you to focus on whenever everything switches, Everything changes in this text. He's talking about his past. He's talking about what he was doing. Talking about how zealous he was in, in, in persecuting the early church. But then there's this word and it's a great interruption and it's a great interjection. And you know what the word is? But, <laughs> but God. God has a great but here. <laughs> but anyways, all that takes place then, but God. Paul was a sinner, but God. Paul hated Jesus, 
but God. Paul killed Christians, but God. Paul wanted to destroy the church. Paul would have hated us right now, but God. You have prodigals living in sin, but listen to me, but God. You have prodigals that hate Jesus, but God. You have prodigals that hate you, but God. You may have walked in tonight bound in sin and perversion, but God. You may have walked in tonight bound in anger and frustration and confusion about what all this is. Listen to me, but God, he will reveal himself. That's what it says. That's what Paul says, but God revealed himself. Listen, tonight, God wants to reveal himself, not as an angry, vengeful God who's been lording over your life, standing over you like an angry boss, waiting to just bring the gavel down and fire you. God wants to reveal himself tonight as a loving father who's standing at the end of the road saying, Son, daughter, come home. I love you. There's nothing you've done so far that's too far because there is nothing too far that my love won't cover. That my grace is sufficient for you and he's here ready to change things in your life. But God, somebody say, but God. The scripture says his mercies are new every morning. Listen to me, you don't need a new year. You don't need a new job. You don't need a new wife. You don't need a new husband. You don't need a new girlfriend. You don't need a new Instagram account. You don't need a new Facebook account. You don't, you don't have to be on Be Real or Snapchat. You just need a new morning. You need his mercy today. And I want you to tell you and let you know that his mercy is here and they're here every morning. Listen, every morning, you wake up, you can remind yourself, his mercies are new today. I know there may have been some things yesterday, but his mercies are new today. His loving kindness is still there for me here today. In the, in the Psalms, it says it like this, and maybe I should do what I did in, on Sunday in High Praise Crest. I won't do it because I might break his back. But I was preaching out of this Psalm where it says, and surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The way I view mercy the way I view that following me is I got Michael, our, our drummer. Where's Patrick at? Patrick, come here. You can hold me. Come here. Come on, Patrick. Y'all give Patrick a big. Come on, Patty. Patrick, come down here for me. This is the part in the service where we're gonna pick out all of Patrick's flaws. So no, I just play. Uh, so Patrick is the person, he is you, walking in everyday life. Newness of life in Christ Jesus, just accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And the psalmist said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Hmm. So Patrick, what I want you to do is I just want you to walk that way. Just walk that way. Just, I'm gonna follow you. We're playing follow the leader. And so I, a lot of us view mercy, his, his, uh, his, his grace and his mercy just, follow, his, just following us like this. We're just like walking. You can keep walking around, Patrick. I'm just gonna follow you and talk just for a minute. So we're walking through the days of our life and this is how we view God and him following us. Patrick, get ready to catch me because it's piggyback ride time. But this is what God is really like. God is like, no, surely goodness and mercy will follow you 
all the days of your life and you will dwell in that. I will always be following you. Every day I will follow you. My loving kindness will follow you. My mercy and my grace will follow you. Wherever you go, wherever you go, I am always with you. Will you give Pastor a big praise? That's 185 pounds of solid muscle, not you, me. <laughs> his goodness and his mercy will follow you. So what I'm saying that is this, don't let the enemy tell you right now because you're sin, you can never fulfill God's call in your life. Paul was the chief sinner up to the moment, up to the minute before he was converted. You may be on your phone right now. I just saw heads come up as soon as I said that. Was somebody... You may be on your phone right now texting that girl that you know you shouldn't be texting. You may have walked in here tonight and been doing things right before you walked in the doors that you know you shouldn't have been doing, talking in ways you know you shouldn't, thinking about things that you know you shouldn't have been thinking about. But I want to tell you tonight, God is here to meet you and change you in this room. This is the night where you can press start on newness of life. I'm coming to a close. Y'all just stay with me for a couple more minutes. I firmly believe this and I've said this probably for, I think I've said this line numerous times throughout ministering, especially with youth and I believe this firmly. I believe that the biggest hellraisers can be some of the greatest trailblazers for the kingdom of God. I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that you could be raising hell in your school, but whenever God gets a hold of your heart, you are now blazing trails, saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. He's entering, the King of Kings is going to enter in. Now, Saul's name was changed to Paul. He no longer even identified as who he was. He started a new life. He's pressed start on a new life. He took out the game of Saul. <laughs> he said, nope. And instead, he puts in the newness of life and the purpose of Paul. And he pressed start on the purpose of Paul. Some of you walked in here like Saul and the Lord's saying, it's time to take that cartridge out, time to take that disc out, time to delete it off of your, your game system of your life, completely eradicate it from your life, and press start on a new purpose that I have for you. Press start on new destiny that I have for you. I said this earlier, but his reputation was so bad that a lot of people didn't even believe that he had actually changed. And listen, tonight when you decide to accept the new life in Christ Jesus, the fresh start, guess what? People may still talk. I'm going to tell you right now, people will still talk. People are still going to be like, are you sure you changed? Are you sure you want to change? And this is where the rubber meets the road for you. What will you do then? It, absolutely, in a moment, we're going to open the altar. And we're going to minister in this time. And the altar is an incredible experience. The problem is oftentimes we leave the altar and as soon as we go out those doors, it's like, this was just a moment. But I wanna encourage you in this real quickly, 
that moments are meant to create the momentum. You cannot have momentum without a moment. So the moment in the altar is just the marking of the momentum that God wants to do in your life. And so when people begin to talk about you and begin to label you with your old identity, are you going to accept that name anymore? Paul didn't accept being called Saul anymore. He said, no, I'm Paul. So will you continue to accept your old names or will you accept the new identity that God has for you? Paul kind of talks about this a little bit in Galatians 5. It says, for freedom that Christ set us free, don't be burdened again with the yoke of slavery. Or we could say the old chains you once had on or the old labels that you once wore. And we're so quickly to accept labels as our identity. We look for acceptance in our identity and whatever culture accepts me as is what I am. But listen, there's a greater identity that he has for you, amen. You were a sinner, now your name is holy. Whenever you get saved, your name changes. When you get saved, all the identity gets washed away that was old, and behold, all things become new. And what was your old personal flesh identity that you clinged so hard onto, the Lord is going to wash those things away tonight, and I'm going to tell you what your new identity is. You were sinner, now your name is holy. You were stupid, now you have the mind of Christ. You may have looked at yourself and called yourself ugly, now you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were a struggler, but now you're an overcomer. You were were broke, but now you're prosperous. You were a loser, but now you're a winner. You may not see that yet, but I'm here to tell you and announce to you by the Spirit of God, that is who you are. That is the identity that God has for you, and do not accept anything lower than that. To accept identity lower than that is to accept something that is not of God. And I only want what He is, and I only want what He, he has for me, and guess what? He only has good for you. He, I'm going to say that again because some of you had a twisted, contorted thought of God for a long time. And you've thought of him as this angry man who wants to just rain down fire, hell, and brimstone. But listen, God only has good for you. That doesn't mean everything's always perfect. But listen to me. He only has good thoughts towards you. Plans to give you hope. Plans to give you a future. He's named you these things. If the band wants to come at this time. Paul doesn't take his name Saul back though. And I want you to listen to this. Whatever you get rid of tonight, don't take back. Whatever you get rid of tonight, do not take it back. He can take away the desires of your flesh. He can do a new work in you. He can take away the heart of stone, make it soft as flesh. He can do a new thing, a new start, and give you new life. And some of us, maybe we don't need newness of life from a salvation standpoint. Maybe we need newness of life just in our prayer life. Maybe we haven't even pressed start in prayer yet. Maybe we haven't pressed start in our purpose and in our destiny and our calling yet. But tonight is a night that we can press start on newness of life. Listen to me, I, don't, I want to say this and I wanna stress this so much tonight. Because listen, pressing start tonight, receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior tonight, asking for deliverance and freedom from years of issues and struggles and addictions tonight, this, starts 
where God wants to take you for the next two days. You have to start here. So if you've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, this is your night. Now is the moment. Now is the time. Will you stand to your feet this evening? Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.